0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Welcome to On The Rise, a podcast about female college tennis players on the way up. On The Rise serves compelling stories and unique voices in women's college tennis. This is your host, Perry Shinin. In this episode of On The Rise, I will be speaking with Sacramento State University alum Sonia Golnova, who captured 26 wins for the Hornets during her first two seasons and earned all Big Sky second team honors. Now serving as the head of digital content and marketing for Swing Vision, Sonia helps promote an app that provides shot tracking, video analysis, and line calling, all using the power of an iPhone. Welcome to another episode of On The Rise Podcast. This is your host, Perry, and I'm joined today by Sonia Goldnova from Sacramento State Women's Tennis. How are you? Hi, Barry. I'm good. What about you? Good. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Of course. Well, I'm so excited to
0: have you. And where are you currently? So right now I'm in Russia. I actually spent over five years of my life in the States, but now I'm back to, to my home country for a little bit, and then we'll see where life takes me. So you grew up in Russia? Uh, yep, that's right. I spent almost 18 years of my life here uh, in Siberia, to be precise. And then at the age of 18, I moved to the U.S. when I uh, got a full athletic scholarship at Sac State.
1: And so does it get very cold in the winters there?
0: Oh, yeah, it does. Really cold. Really cold. Yep.
1: <laughs> wow. I am not one for cold weather, so I cannot even imagine. <laughs> So once you started
0: looking at colleges, were you sure that you wanted to come to the US? Uh, Yeah, so when I was uh, 12 or 13, I first heard about that opportunity to come to the US and basically study for free and also uh, play tennis for a college team. And I was so excited about that. I was like, wow, that's definitely something I, I wanna do. And since then, I just, set it as my goal and kept going
1: towards it. Yeah. And so during the recruiting process, did Sacramento state reach out to
0: you or did you reach out to them? So for me, it was quite an interesting process. I didn't have an agent or anything because I was the first player in my region Uh, who actually decided to go to the U.S. because tennis wasn't that popular back then. And um, fun fact is that when I started playing, all we had in my town was just one wooden tennis court. We didn't even have a tennis club. And I was basically uh, the first player who made it to the U.S. and was able to uh, secure a full scholarship. So I didn't have anyone who I could talk to, to ask for like any advice. So I had to do everything on my own, including the recruiting process. And obviously when I look back, I I realized that I did make some mistakes here and there because I wasn't aware of some things. For example, I didn't really know about schools in terms of academics. I didn't know about different rankings. All I knew that I, I needed a full scholarship. And I really wanted to go to a, either California or Florida because I spent my entire life in Siberia. So I guess um, that kind of makes sense. And so that's uh, how I came across Sacramento State. I had a call with a coach and he also he speaks Russian. So uh, it was pretty easy for me to find a connection. And um, yeah, we kind of hit it off really well. And then I decided to come to Sacramento State. Wow. And so going back to the point of you being the
1: first one from your region to do this, when you were looking at schools and you were doing all of this, were your parents athletes? Did they know the process a little bit or were you really on your own?
0: I I was on my own. And actually, when I published my uh, recording video on YouTube, uh, it was so funny because it became like the most popular uh, recruiting video. I don't know how it happened, uh, but I think even now it's still up there and uh, it has like over 100K views. <laughs> uh, so I guess that helped me in some way to to get a full scholarship, obviously together with, uh, like, all together with my results, with uh, my background, but I think the video was, was helpful too.
1: I mean, it's extremely impressive that you did this all by yourself. And so I know you're a few years out of college, but coming into the team, what was that like?
0: My tennis experience was uh, a little bit challenging as a team with experience issues uh, with the coach. A lot of legal issues such as discrimination, mental, verbal abuse. and and things like that it was it was tough for for all of us but I'm glad that um, that person is not working with the team anymore and I'm just really happy with the girls who are at Sex State right now and I'm sure they have the best experience possible Um, but for me it was it was challenging but I'm still grateful for it because it did make me stronger and if you would be willing to
1: provide details, was this something that was over time, over your four years? So for me,
0: oh, that's a great question, because my freshman year uh, was awesome. But then uh, my sophomore year, we got another coach and another assistant coach, too. And that's where all the problems uh, started arising. Because of everything what was happening, I ended up graduating in three years. Actually, it was really tough because we, as a team, um, and I'm like I said, I'm not talking about uh, myself only. It's pretty much all the girls were affected. Uh, unfortunately, school administration failed to recognize the issues and protect us from that. So we just literally had to fight for ourselves. I think over the course of like two or three years, almost 10 girls ended up leaving the team. They either transferred or quit completely. Uh, It was uh, tough, but at the same time, like I said, I'm really glad that um, that person is not working with the team anymore. And my college experience could have been better, but at the same time uh, it made me who I am today. Well,
1: I mean, honestly, I appreciate you opening up and sharing that part of your experience. And at the same time, I can't even imagine what that was like for you and your teammates. And so did you go to the school administration right away when this started happening?
0: Uh, Yeah, but they were ignoring all of us because, uh, there was an NCAA investigation right when I got to Saks state. So it was about the previous coaching stuff. And then they, those coaches had to leave. And, uh, then that investigation was still going on. And as a result of that investigation, uh, we were not, able to play conference i think it was like for 2 years so i didn't get to play conference a single time because we were um on probation and yeah it was interesting
1: so if i summarize this correctly you the players got punished for the behavior of your
0: coach yeah basically and to make it clear what happened is um Once I got to state, there was an ongoing NCAA investigation about the previous coaching stuff. Then we got another coach because of that. She was working with us for a year. So that was my freshman year. And then after my freshman year, we got another coach and then things got even worse. But because of the recent NCAA investigation, the school administration didn't want to take any actions in regards to... Anything or was happening because uh, they didn't want any additional drama. They, they were just ignoring us.
1: How did you maintain your mental health during this time?
0: Uh, when I look back, I, I don't even know how. It was uh, probably the most challenging time of, of my life. But at the same time, I got a lot out of it. And um, it prepared me for real life very well. I think almost the entire team saw psychologists, sports psychologists. But most of those conversations, at least when I look back and just remember all of my conversations with psychologists, they were mostly about the coach rather than being about me. I was just like telling her what's happened, you know, in the past like two weeks, what else she's done to us. But it wasn't about me or about my tactics on the court or anything like that.
1: And so you did mention that a lot of girls left. Did you ever want to leave?
0: I did consider that, um, but I still wanted to get my degree there. And that's why I decided to graduate in three years, just to uh, be done with all of that. And so that I don't have to deal with any of that drama anymore. I was still able to maintain my 4.0 GPA and, uh, get my degree but it was tough from the mental side of things because of everything what I had to go through on the court and off the tennis court uh, that was the hardest part
1: well I mean I'm so sorry to hear and did your teammates the ones who stayed did they really stick together throughout all this
0: yeah they did and even after I was done with school after I graduated I was still um, helping my teammates with that problem um, by just signing different letters that they were uh, writing to the NCAA and other places I felt like it was the best thing I could do then um, because I, I really wanted to help them I knew that the coach was was still there and yeah And so how did it end? When did the coach leave? This year. This year, yeah. it took him a while to figure it out. I graduated in 2019. And so I'm really happy for the girls uh, who are on the team right now, that they they got an amazing coach. And I'm sure they're going to have best four years of their lives. Or, you know, the seniors might be one or two for juniors. But it's better than nothing.
1: Induction into the International Tennis Hall of Fame is the ultimate honor in tennis. University of Florida Women's Tennis alum Lisa Raymond is one of the nominees for the 2022 Hall of Fame class. And guess what? You can be a part of the election process. Fan voting opens October 15th. Make sure to cast your vote for this prestigious honor by visiting the Hall of Fame website at tennisfame.com. Now, back to the show. Out of curiosity, but also for our listeners, we hear about these NCAA investigations a lot. What does that entail as a student-athlete?
0: I uh, was called in for multiple interviews and they were all happening in the compliance office and they were just asking uh, different questions about uh, my recruiting process and I guess good thing for me was that I wasn't really involved in that entire investigation too much because I was just a freshman. I wasn't on the team before they started that investigation. I only went through the recruiting process. During that time, I also I was also obviously dealing with all the adversity in terms of uh it, in terms of my life in general, you know. I just came from from a different country and On top of that, we also had that investigation going on. So it was scary, um, terrifying in in, in some ways.
1: I can't even imagine. And this was going to be your home for the next three, four years. And to come from a different country and then be faced with this on top of everything else. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. it, It was tough, but it also makes me realize how strong of a person I am, especially after going through all of that.
1: Unfortunately, this has not yet stopped being a problem in women's sports as a whole. And we see story after story come up in the news, obviously about investigations that were going on over a number of years and other women, other brave women that spoke up to defend themselves and their sport. And still it didn't work. And so I'm wondering what, could have changed or should have changed, not from your end, but perhaps from
0: the administration? So it's really hard to say what exactly needs to be changed. But what I can say for sure is that the system definitely has a lot of flaws and it needs to be fixed. Obviously, it doesn't happen overnight, but I hope that if players speak up, and talk about their issues, then it might help uh, the entire system in general.
1: Absolutely. Was tennis still an outlet for you or did it no longer become that? It
0: it was during my sophomore year when I realized that tennis wasn't bringing any joy uh, to me simply because it was hard to go to practices because of everything what was happening because of like i said that constant verbal mental abuse defamation bullying body shaming and i can list a lot of those things um yeah it was challenging to even come to practices but at the same time i also knew that tennis was a huge part of who i am Uh, so it was Quite a dilemma because I, I loved competing and I have always had one of the best records on the team. And I think if I had played my uh, last season, I could have been easily number one. And, but unfortunately, I uh, didn't get to play because of uh, the entire uh, situation. And um, I'm, I'm proud of the progress I made. And in doubles, I also played three, two, and then played with number one. So I uh, did have a really good progress. But then at one point, it became really hard to play tennis. And in fact, after I, uh, even after I graduated, I didn't even want to pick up a racket anymore. I was so burned out. Uh, I didn't even want to hear about tennis Uh, And I had to take some time off from it. But then I realized that tennis was a huge part of my identity. And right around that time, I I realized that I wanted to uh, still be connected to the tennis industry and uh, do something in that area, although I didn't want to go into coaching for too long i was always interested in business and the startup industry and one day i just i was just doing my research on uh, different sports technologies uh, specifically in tennis and i came across swing vision swing vision is is the ai tennis app and basically it allows you to uh, track your shots get automated highlights, video analysis and line calling and things like that. Back then it was just mainly shot tracking and video analysis. At first, I didn't even believe that Swing Vision can actually do all those things that it claimed to do. Then I decided to just try it out for myself. I went on tennis court to play and I tracked my match and then I saw that oh oh my god it actually works i was amazed by that technology but at the same time i was also really surprised that i haven't heard of it before because i'm always trying to stay on top of trends you know and i decided to reach out to them and i reached out to a ceo uh, Swing Vision and I said like, hey, uh, I'm a former, uh, D1 tennis player, and I also have uh, some experience in digital marketing. Uh, I see that you guys are not doing any marketing at this point, uh, but you have such an amazing product and more. People need to know about it, and then we scheduled the call. And I explained what, how I can help them uh, with uh, marketing, and that's how I joined uh, Swang Vision. I had no idea you are unbelievable. You
1: called and created this position for yourself.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Um, I just came across uh this company accidentally and then I I was truly amazed by that technology because I've never seen anything like that before and like I said I didn't even believe it could work so I decided to reach out and offer my help so for our listeners could
1: you explain what is the difference between swing vision and perhaps a more common name of play which is used by some college teams the best thing about it is that
0: all you need uh, to use Swing Vision is just your iPhone or iPad and a piece of equipment to mount your device on the fence or just place it behind you on the court. And Swing Vision is actually the only product on the market uh, that can be easily used by any player. And if we compare it to PlaySight, PlaySight is a really expensive technology not everyone can afford it. I'm not even talking about tennis players. Even uh, if we look at the colleges, it's expensive for a lot of them. Swing vision is very affordable for players and it can literally be used by anyone and it doesn't require any multi-camera systems. It's just one iPhone or iPad. That's amazing. And how could it have helped you when you were in college? When I came across Swing Vision, that was my first thought. Oh my God, I wish I had that technology back when I was playing because it could have been so useful for me as a tennis player uh, and as an international student. First of all, uh, as a tennis player, it's, it's pretty obvious, you know, it gives you uh, so many valuable things such as shot stats fully automated video analysis, line calling, and you can improve your game uh, by recording your match and then analyzing your stats, uh, watching your highlights. But also, as an international student, I had my entire family uh, back home in Russia, so I always thought that it would have been so cool if they could watch my matches. That's something uh, Swing Vision can do. Uh, we are currently working on live streaming, but you can easily watch already recorded matches. I'm really happy for all those college players, and not only college players. Just any tennis player has got access to that amazing technology. My name is Sonia Golnova, and I'm on the rise.
1: And this is Perry, your host, and this has been another episode of On the Rise podcast. This has been an episode of On the Rise, a tennis channel podcast in partnership with Behind the Racket and produced by Molly Schulson. Join us next time to continue our conversation about women's college tennis. This is Perry Shiner, On the Rise.